Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys, doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, everyone. As always, I am Tessa and I am joined by the amazing and accomplished and overachieving and absolutely lovely Sai. <laughs> hello, hello. And I'm lucky enough to be here with the brilliant Tessa and all of you. Thank you so much for listening in. I heard something very interesting this week, and I thought, I had never thought about this in this way before. So someone was talking about how they receive a no from someone else. And I thought, well, that's pretty important, right? Because we can eternalize a no from someone else in a bazillion ways, and I'm guessing 98% of them are not great. And the person said to me, they thought that for them, when they heard the word no, it meant that that person is not ready for them. So it was, say it was a no for a job. It was, that person is not ready for a person like me in that job. <laughs> That's like, like, that. like, it's like a modern way of saying, I think, one door closes, another one opens. Because yeah. we've talked a lot about how other people's opinions, and a no is an opinion, is just that, right? Like how other people view the situation, not how we view the situation. I'm like, wow. Or what it means about us. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, think how powerful that could be if everybody, if we all started redefining no, or Mm -hmm. any of those type of opinions that's a form of a rejection Mm -hmm. in typical society, Mm -hmm. like, Wow. I like that one. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I I have friends going through this right now. So it's so interesting that, (laughs) you know, there's a whole other take on it because I mean, the the first thing that people think is like, you know, I'm not good enough. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They just think like, oh, well, they don't want me. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not a good feeling to feel, obviously. Um, But I was thinking this yesterday very randomly um, where it just, for some reason made me made me believe something like you know it's not for you that's another one that that has stuck with me where you know you put things out there sometimes and people criticize them for example and mm-hmm. um and I just keep thinking or the thing that helps me I guess kind of um you know j- just understand that that this is still a good thing even if one person is in your face <laughs> telling you it's not right um, is that, you know, it's just not for you. And I like this. This is kind of like a, a play on that for me where it's like, okay, like I, and what I'm presenting to you and offering to you is not for you in this moment. Um, and that's okay. That And that probably makes sense to you right now for whatever reason. And when it is the right time, if it's ever the right time for us to work together or to do this thing together or what have you, then that will be the time that it works. So I like, I like this. This is, this, this is really a good one. This is a practical, like good, you know, kind of internal script that we can, we can start using. I particularly love 
the idea that it is not about what we bring to the table, right? It's about mm-hmm. what the other person needs, whether it's a personal relationship, a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. a job. I mean, are there other rejections that I've lost? Friendship. <laughs> Friendship. I mean, the- so many, right? Family. That, oh my God, family. <laughs> oh yes, we we often forget that family is something that you could also choose. Not meaning our chosen families, but meaning that we can choose to have a relationship with people mm-hmm. who we are legally family with, <laughs> or define the relationship how we see fit. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and maybe it's also. Like when we personally say no to somebody, how do we tell it in a way mm, that makes yes. them understand that it is not about something bad that they did? It's just what I'm not ready to have in my world. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, that that's really the way it should be. And it, it all goes back to really like, again, seeing the humanity in one another you know and and I mean back to preschool of like (laughs) treating others how you'd want to be treated really but I mean it's so necessary for us to remind each other right especially because I mean there's so much that has become just um you know ingrained in us and how we interact with each other and some of it's very cruel actually I I find it really interesting this is I don't know if this is wildly off base but I was at a, a fair last night and um these little kids, they're so cute. They were like in sixth and seventh grade and they were like flirting with each other, but very loudly because they were shouting <laughs> between oh, that is a line and ride. <laughs> so how do kids flirt these days? I'm, I'm now I'm intrigued. Oh my gosh. It's so, it is so intriguing. Like I was just, I was just observing. And um, I mean, they still use their friends to be like, she likes you. <laughs> So that hasn't changed. That has not changed. She wants to talk to you. The thing that's changed is like, they're like, what's your Insta? What's your Snapchat? Um, you know, instead of what's your number? Um, and then it was so funny. They're like, what's your number? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> that is they were awesome. like, what? How do you not know your number? It was so funny. And he was like, okay, like looking it up, like literally looking up his own phone number. And it took several, several minutes. It was so funny. Uh, but one of the things that kind of horrified me, I just have to tell you, was, um, the, oh God, I can't remember. It must have been one of the friends about the girl who liked him or whatever. And um, they were like, rate her. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, yes. I was like, oh, no. Hey, like, I, was, I know I was trying to be, I was like, how do I tell them this is horrible? Um, but they were like, rate her one to 10. And I was like, why are you asking for this? <laughs> Why do you want to be judged? It's so intriguing. And then I really started thinking about it, like, maybe they want to know if, like, they're on the same page. Like, I was just like, why would you just subject yourself to this? So was it the friends asking for her to be rated? Yes, but I don't, but I mean, I don't think that she was opposed to it at all. Like, she, I mean, oh. this was just, like, really interesting to me. And I was like, oh, no, don't do it. Um, and then it was funny because it was, like, the whole time they were just like, will he, won't he type of thing, you know. And then they were like, he's going to come around and give us a phone number. And then the ride ended. They didn't see him. They were like, rejection. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, the emotions that are going on right now. Um, that you know, maybe they do all the time. I mean, it's, it's, you kind of also forget about like 
how intense that time is too um, for, for personal relationships and how important they are, you know, and, and all the things. And so, yeah, it just, it just, this just has brought this back up for me where I was just like, oh man, y'all are putting yourself through a lot right now to talk to this boy. <laughs> I wouldn't think you need to, but <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, kids, you got so much time ahead of you. Yes. And so, um, so yeah, it was really interesting, but it also, it, it brought it up for me as we were talking because I was thinking, you know, oh, I was, I was literally terrified for them whenever he was about to rate her, which he did, um, by number. And, um, and, she, and I remember I could hear them being like, oh no, what if he says like you're a five or like, you know, like they were just like going through these scenarios of anxiety too. I was like, oh Lord, I can't take this. <laughs> I could- this is a lot of stress. <laughs> There's so much stress. But, like, you know, how would they have internalized it, too? You know, like, this is literally just some random stranger. So maybe they don't care. I don't know. But I'm sure, I, I think that they do. Like, they were fretting over it, you know, and all of that. And, I mean, I mean, this is just one interaction. But, I mean, what if it happened over and over again? You know, like, even and even, like, with some of my friends now, it's like somebody is, like, going through a job hunt and they're just like you know nobody wants me kind of thing and I'm like ouch you know it, it's really painful yeah. yeah um when you just internalize it as like there's you're deficient there's something wrong with you I mean and that's that's really the like default messaging so you know this is a big one I think it's it's it, it's really you know something that we're not equipped to deal with and rejection is one of the you know I feel like strongest motivating factors against people taking risks you know trying something new going out of their comfort zone like rejection is an extremely powerful um what would be the word like (laughs) deterrent (laughs) um for people to to not go out there and 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 step into their greatness right It, it 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 instills a lot of fear and so I like this so so much because it helps us, you know, understand that um, this is not about you. This is about, you know, this moment, um, all of the people involved, all of the circumstances involved and um, whether or not this is the right, you know, fit for both of you really. And the way that I think about it sometimes is I'm so happy. Okay, first of all, somebody said rejection is your redirection which I love. Also nice. Love that. (laughs) So I've been keeping that one in my head because it's so true. Like, and I've, and from my experience anyways, it's like every time something didn't work out, I know it sounds kind of like faithy, faithy kind of thing, but it's like, you can see looking back like, oh, that makes sense. You know, if, if I had gone there, then like "Mm, this, this other great thing wouldn't have happened. And Mm -hmm. I I would have just been occupied with that other thing. and, And that wouldn't have, led me to where I'm going now and I'm excited about where I'm going now or or maybe you know maybe you think it was still the perfect opportunity but you don't really know <laughs> until <laughs> until you get to somewhere else and so um that helps that helps to understand that like you know it's not even rejection is your redirection it's like yes this is this is where you find your your real place um but also, like, is it really rejection or is it really, you know, just an understanding between everyone that this, this is not, you know, this is not the opportunity for them. And really, it's not the opportunity for you. Yeah, and I think there's, 
a very simple example where we are good about talking about to ourselves about this, which is trying on clothes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we all know that Mm -hmm. a, say, a size eight at this store is not a size eight at that store, and on and on and on, right? Like, and that varies differently, and cuts vary. And I think we have gotten better about saying it's not us that don't fit the clothes, it's the clothes that don't fit us, right? Like, it's about the clothes being inappropriate. But I wonder why we don't do it when it comes to personal relationships, right? Because it's very similar, right? It's kind of, it works, it doesn't work situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we're okay for me. Exactly. <laughs> and I wonder if we thought about like all these type of interactions that way. Like even if you're the kid on the Ferris wheel flirting with some other kid <laughs> and it turns into, yeah, wasn't yeah. right for me. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. Then, you know, like this wasn't the right, the right opportunity. Exactly. Yes. And the close thing is, is so real. I remember you know, at some point in my life where, you know, that, that, that's thing switched in my mind. But also I remember thinking like, I had to kind of like denounce the entire clothing retail industry. (laughs) (laughs) As we all should. I'm saying they don't even make clothes for my body type, which was very true. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting better now, but I mean, you don't realize that when you're young, you just think like, I'm supposed to be able to do what everyone else is doing or I'm I mean literally like I mean these institutions I just I don't know if they don't realize or don't care but they have so much power in the mind of especially in the mind of young people but really mm-hmm. all of us you know oh yeah it's, it's just the under it's like this unspoken like this is it this is norm you know this is normal this is this is this is just the way it is and if you're not in this if you're not fitting in literally and figuratively then the message becomes there's something wrong with you unless we acknowledge it and we take ownership of it and we change the narrative ourselves. Absolutely. I know that my, let's say 70 plus mother has very, what I would call a troubling habit of asking other people whether something looks good on her. And my response is always, her, <laughs> how do you feel? How in do you it? feel in it? Yes. Because that's what's important. Yes. And Absolutely. I wonder if we also start asking ourselves, not only they're not ready for me, but how do we feel in that situation, right? Like, would you want to work for somebody who questions your mm-hmm. potential or questions right. your ability to excel? Or would you want right. to be in a friendship with somebody who doesn't see the best in you? Yes, 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 yes. And you and you gave me that advice at a very particular time. I always remember. I tell people all the time. <laughs> where I'm like, why would you want to be with them if they don't want to be with you? And I, you know, at the time, I thought that that was such an interesting. Like, it literally, did not occur to me. I was just like, <laughs> because I do want to. <laughs> like, I want this thing. I want them to like me. I want them to acknowledge me. I want them to praise me. You know, and it stuck with me, though. And I realized, like, you're so right. And and that literally was, like, the set of my path to my new goal of finding my people. And I think that's the opposite of what we're talking about, the opposite of rejection and, you know, internalizing people's judgments of us or, or you know, internalizing what we perceive as rejection. 
um, is, is seeking what you really need. And what you don't need is to find yourself in a place where people don't value you and see you for how brilliant you are and they literally are missing it, right? So if someone's not hiring you, it's because they don't see it. And, you know, that's not their fault that they are so, you know, (laughs) short-sighted. Right? It just is the case, you know? And we have to deal with that reality um, that they don't see it. And why would you want to be in a place where, I mean, really, like if you got into that place and, you know, let's say they settled for you. I know that sounds like a terrible way of saying it, but (laughs) let's say in their minds, you know, they really wanted, you know, Kim, but they were like, okay, well, we have, we have Tessa and Tessa could do the job, but not like Kim, you know, (laughs) and then they brought Mm -hmm. you in and they felt like they always wish that they had had Kim and they're always looking for the ways that you are not like him and how they wish you were like, I mean, and you could do the same thing with personal relationships, you know, oh, yeah. nobody wants to be second choice. I mean, you just really don't, you really want to find people who just get it. They get it. They see you and they're like, hello, I am so excited to work with this person, to be with this person, to, you know, have a relationship with this person. I mean, that's what you want, right? Don't you want somebody? Don't you want something? Don't you want a place? Don't you want to be surrounded by people who get you and who already, you know, are really excited about you or really just in love with you? Like, I mean, I think that's what I mean when I start talking about, you know, I'm trying to find my people. Like, I I, I think that that's, that's, you know, there's a lot in there. And some of it has to do with the fact that when you're not amongst your people or people who kind of get you, or at least have like some, I don't know, kind of like common denominator with you, they have some kind of, you know, shared experience with you, or, 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 or at least shared values with you, then, you know, you don't, I think this is why so many people have issues with belonging. I think that we're forcing a lot of this, a lot of these, you know, things. I know I've been in situations where I'm trying to force it and it just doesn't fit. And I've been so much happier, like changing that mindset of like, I want this person to accept me. Please give me this job. Please give me this opportunity. Please give me a chance to prove myself to you to a mindset of, I know I'm brilliant. I'm trying to find other brilliant people like me. <laughs> that we are going to thrive together with you know like that changes everything where you're just like I'm just looking for my people I'm just looking for the ones I'm for and the ones who are for me you know this made me think that this is especially horrific the situation of like, rejection from an employer because they mm-hmm. have these like set ideas right like they have a mm-hmm. list of what they're thinking is yep. correct and they want a round peg to go into a round hole and you know what there's not nobody's gonna be that perfect round peg nobody nobody everybody's gonna have something that they don't like about Mm -hmm. them because that's life yep and they always start off with the ideal so you're completely right like it's it's like every you know if we could have the ideal candidate it would be the and so you've already like set this this you know wildly high standard to begin with and i think i i'm thinking about like remember your first job after law school right like mm. you, we all have these ideals of like what the pay will be and what we'll be doing and how we'll be treated and 
not reality. At least I, <laughs> I was not prepared for the reality of it. And it made me realize that it is not about us. It's not about us as, you know, either young employees or even us today. It is about them and how they're viewing. How do we fit this, like, square peg into a round hole? Mm. And I think it's a little better in personal relationships, right? Because it's a little amorphous, except for we all have that friend who's like, well, I only like a person who is like this and like that. And, <laughs> you know, they have to be taller than me. They have to be shorter than me. They need to have dark skin. They need to have light skin. They need to be, you know. Mm-hmm. The body type, but they like yeah. everything. The job even. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's not helpful. It's no. just not helpful. I thought it was so strange when somebody asked me what my type was once, and I just was like, I don't know. Human? <laughs> I just, yeah. I was like, whoever the fuck I'm attracted to, I guess. I don't know. So, <laughs> it's just weird to me. I was actually talking to a friend a couple of years ago, and she was looking to start dating again, mm-hmm. and she had a very, very narrowly defined type. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wouldn't it just be great if every human was just like, you know, I'm attracted to humans. Uh, And she's like, nope. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, don't know how to give you advice at this point (laughs) in time. You're asking for my advice. My advice is like, be a little more open-minded. But that was not the answer. That was uh, so desired. And I wonder where that comes from, too. Like, as you're speaking that, it makes me think about something. It makes me think, like, what is your aim? What are you seeking in another person? Because I'm just going to say what I think in that moment. For me, it's like, if you are building a type of person and you're not open to a relationship with somebody who you organically would literally be attracted to because that's how that works right Right. um totally beyond your mental control right right like like that's literally the most natural thing is like oh I'm surprisingly attracted to this person like you could be surprised that's fine but to like reject the idea that you could be attracted to this person I don't know why but you know for me it's giving you're trying to have this like you know picture perfect situation and whenever I think about perfection I always think it's for somebody else because because perfection is like again this thing that does not exist except for in the minds of other people and it's really like what you think is in the minds of other people it's completely ironically perfection is actually subjective (laughs) right yes ironically (laughs) yes so that to me is saying a lot of things and it feels like it feels like it's coming from a place of like insecurity and wanting again acceptance from other people and I think that's why I've just never related to that because I'm like I've always been of the mind of like that's none of your business like (laughs) none of your business who I want to be with who I am with why I'm with them why I like I just I am, I mean, I got over trying to explain myself to people when I was a teenager. Like, I was just like, uh, no, not your business. Like, get over Love it. That. And you can have your life and I'll have mine and that will be just fine for me. You know, because it's like, literally everybody makes 
all kinds of decisions in their, especially in their love. Like to me, that's the most like personal, private thing you could possibly yeah. talk about. That she'd be besides... protected at all costs. Yes, exactly. So, and and not only because you know it just is, and it's like the thing to do, <laughs> but also because I mean, it, in my mind, anyways, in my in my life, anyways, it's such a huge part of you know your happiness and satisfaction in life, like who you partner with and choose to spend most of your time with. It's so personal, just literally in the fact that you are the one who has to live that and live with your choice, right? And all of your choices. Um, Like somebody else's opinion could literally not just, you know, change uh, your decisions, right? But could literally change your experience with that person. And that's the Mm -hmm. part that I've always been so protective of because I'm like, uh-uh, you're not going to come and mess up my good thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> we're happy. And if you're going to come and, like, poo-poo on it, I don't want to hear that. Why would I want that? Why would I want you to plant seeds of doubt and negativity and ugliness? Like, no, thank you. I don't need you to come, like, poop in my garden. That's great. Go away. <laughs> so. And that makes me think it's like, you know, instead of like a microaggression, that's like a micro yes. rejection, right? Because it's mm. encouraging you to reject something that you already fully enjoy. Yes. Yeah. And our family and our sometimes our close friends can be really, maybe unintentionally, but really bad about like, interfering with personal relationships that you have it's just making me think about some of the things I've had to tell people I've told people like well good thing I didn't you know get with this person for your satisfaction (laughs) perfect I love that I've also said like you know if you're gonna talk shit about the person that I love I I don't have to come around you anymore Mm -hmm. you know and I don't think that people understand until you tell them I mean they would they I mean there's so much of this that has become <clears throat> enculturated and acceptable. I mean, like talking shit about each other is like, you know, a pastime for some families. I mean, it's not, oh and God. friend groups, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we have a whole culture around it, like that we talk about. So, you know, it's, it's literally like, if you don't tell people and stand up for yourself and let them know, like, this is not okay then they would never know. They would just assume that it's fine because that's what everybody does to everybody behind everyone's back. And I think it's, you know, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but at the it's same very time, bad. Like, it's very real. And and so for me, you know, I've always said like, you know, whatever people think of me is none of my business. Um, you know, if you're going to talk about me, please do it behind my back because I don't yeah. want to hear about it. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> That is none of my business. Please keep me out of it. (laughs) And then you think, I know this happens in my experience, like, even when you stand your ground, Mm -hmm. there's the pushback, right? Especially Mm, for family. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, come on. You can tell us this is how it really is. Or Or we're just trying to protect you. Like, the sainthood of it all. Uh, We're just trying to help uh, you. Didn't ask for it. Don't want it. Don't need it. Goodbye. Yeah. This is like, in my head, it when politicians say, oh, I just want to protect the women. Or the children. And the children. <laughs> oh, God. Be- because I want to do something horrible to, you know, Everyone else, people yeah. or women in general. Or yeah. I want to protect women from their own decision making. Oh, Lord. You know, yes. Whatever it might be. Yes. 
yes. but it's all yes. wrong. Let it's all gaslighting. Say. It's all gaslighting, yeah, actually. Absolutely. Like that just that just made it very clear for me in the family, in the friend groups, all of that. People who want to give you <laughs> there was something really funny on the show where <laughs> this is petty, but she was like, Don't let somebody <laughs> without a man tell you how to be with your man or something like that and I was like that's just funny like I can't I cannot laugh to that but it's also like don't let somebody you know gaslight you like they're trying to tell you what to do with your life and it's your life they don't have to yeah. live it so their opinions are not worth as much as yours you're more invested in this than they will ever be so true so true and you know I kind of wish it was someone around who told, like, 16-year-old me that, mm. right? Yes. Like, think how useful it would be for those kids. And maybe they're, like, maybe Gen Z is, like, much better than I was. I maybe. don't know. They're they're telling <laughs> each other. They're <laughs> they, they are holding each other like that, I think. But who knows? But I also who think knows? it's a human experience, too. Yes, yes, yes. And, I mean, even from your peers, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you get it from all over the place. And I mean, even from, you know, the larger forces that be, like we talk about social media and the expectations that we're setting and internalizing for our bodies, our careers, our families, our everything, our everything. So it's like, even if you don't have like, you know, a really chismosatia telling you all kinds of wild things, you know, in your ear all your life, you may have like, you know, a, a I don't know, like a, a a a a whole thing in your in your feed that is just feeding you, ironically, <laughs> feeding you information <laughs> subconsciously or consciously about how you should look, how you should act, how many friends you should have, or what your relationship should be like, or what you should be eating, and how you should be exercising. Like, I mean, literally, the list goes on forever. And just as I'm saying it, I feel stressed out because. I still find myself internalizing so much of it, thinking, well, if I want to be healthy, this is what I should be doing, you know, and it's just, it's so much. I mean, my goal in life right now is like actual liberation. That's, that's my word of the year. Like, how can I, I be the most liberated bitch you ever found? Like, <laughs> that, love is, this. that is my goal because I don't feel like I need to answer to anybody. Like, I feel like I've, you know, been a grown woman for a good long time now (laughs) (laughs) and yet people want us to answer to so many people even if you're even if you're putting up boundaries with your family and your friends Mm -hmm. and healthy ways I still I I feel like there's these other pressures of like it's so strange like the world has really really changed as we've talked about many times from like my teenage years until now I mean, that's only what, like 15, 20 years. Like, it's really not that long. And yeah. The world has completely changed. So for me, it's like, you know, I mean, I can't even, I can't even really do a lot of like posting because it's too much pressure for me. Like, I feel like I'm having to perform in this strange way of showing people like where I am, what I'm doing, how it is. My family's happy. My, like, I'm happy. Like, it's a lot. Um, I was watching Queer Eye the other day and Tan almost nailed it and said something so good, which he was like, I call this American happy, where you look really happy. 
<laughs> oh my but god you're actually true. very sad and alone and I was just like damn he's just serving it hot um but it was just like a matter of fact for him and I was like he's he's just being observant you know I'm like this is real I'm like this is really what people are doing all day just fronting mm-hmm. basically as we used to say mm-hmm. in the 90s just posing you know just mm-hmm. like literally posing for the camera and showing people something that may or may not be true you know or maybe it's somewhat true but it's not the whole truth it's never the whole truth online it's never the whole truth there's it it can never be the whole truth I mean when people are vulnerable online I mean they're like winning awards and shit because people are just like I've never seen anything like this right because nobody is really doing it there's not a good amount of people doing it so um you know even if you are able to do that and be genuine I still feel like it's it's such a strange dynamic of like instead of like calling my one Thea and being like, I'm so happy this is happening, blah, 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 blah. And then being able to talk to her about it and, you know, talk about the challenges that came before it and how I've grown or whatever. Like, I mean, there's so much more nuance to that conversation than I'm posting a picture online for my entire family, all my friends, every stranger I've ever met (laughs) and acquaintance, you know, now um, online to see it's just, it's just so bizarre. It's just such a whole different world, actually. And people probably, you know, they, I mean, I just, I wonder what people think about when I'm speaking this way, because that's, that's my outlook on social media. I think it's a very interesting social human experience, experiment, rather, um, because we don't really know what it's going to mean for all our relationships. I mean, we're starting to find out and we're starting to find out, you know, in a lot of ways that it can be really bad for individuals, but, um, but we really don't know still, like, I, I'm, I'm interested right now in this idea of, like, how does that change your relationship, and I'll just say for me, I think that whenever I go to, like, tell somebody news, if I've already posted about it, I think, well, they probably already know, there's no reason to call them, and so just it, that is weird. It is <laughs> And I think this is why I preemptively only post things that are related to my dogs, mm-hmm. my garden, mm-hmm. and something I've either cooked, baked, or a table I've set. Like, it is very, <laughs> like, arms like because... Yes, yes. Which, you know I your was, boundaries. I love that. I do. And as a sweet, I'm not, like, an oversharer on things. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of oversharing to people that could be strangers is very, like, <laughs> that's hard for me. <laughs> that's that's good. I think, that's, I think we need a little bit of that <laughs> injected over here, for sure. <laughs> so there's definitely no American happy in this world <laughs> for me. Because I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I mean, that's, that's, that's really an important piece of it. And I know I'm talking about social media right in the moment, right? But, but just boundaries in general, I mean, boundaries in social media, you know, we talk about boundaries all the time. But like, are we understanding that that means everywhere, everybody, everything? Yeah. It's like some people might have boundaries at work, but at home, you know, it's all bets are off. Everyone gets to use me. And you know, like, I, I, you know I like some of the ways that this comes up are are people might say something like oh I just can't tell him no or Uh I can't I can't can't do that that's my those are my parents I can't do Uh that Mm -mm. you know Uh, yeah red flag red flag all over on the field right and that's what I'm saying is that the boundary situation it's like everybody I, I shouldn't say everybody but we're all 
um, starting to become exposed to this idea and, and, and hopefully working towards it. And, and we're all on different parts in our journey with boundaries. But my point being is that it, it gets, it, you know, it gets very real when it's with the people who maybe, I don't know, you're closest with, or you feel some obligation or duty to, you know, that it gets really hard. It's not the same as like, oh, I'm going to set a hard boundary with my friend who I really don't care whether or not she's my friend, you know, <laughs> like that's a whole different situation. So maybe, I, yeah, like the rejection idea at the beginning was saying, no, maybe it's the idea that we don't want to reject people, but what if right. we didn't think about it as rejecting, mm. but as protecting Correct. our peace, Correct. right? Like, yes. And I don't, I think even I, who I'm sometimes slow at setting boundaries, <laughs> yeah, I always get to that point because I realize I need to protect my peace. And yeah. it's something that maybe we all need to do almost on a daily basis, right? Like whether it's, you know, should I be exposing myself, overscheduling myself? That's a good one because I mm. have to do that. Right. How do I protect my That's piece, a boundary right? for sure. Yep. Can you get a boundary built into your calendar, honey? <laughs> yes. That's of the workplace. Which is about, you know, protecting your peace because being overscheduled mm-hmm. then stresses you out. But mm-hmm. it also, I think, takes you away your ability to really enjoy that moment and enjoy that person or persons mm-hmm. that you're with. Right. Because you're always worried about, am I going to make it to the next thing on time? Yes. Yes. Or like you literally, like my Tuesday, actually very apt. Um, <laughs> I think I had six meetings in a row and I was like, the ah! day is now over. And I, you know, I, I, I'm very, I very much do try to practice being present in the moment. Like I try not to chat or any of that stuff, but it was like, you know, because I had back to back to back meetings at the end of the day, I looked, I had so many messages that I hadn't gotten to. I had so many like, you know, things that I needed to do that I just was like, when was I supposed to do that? You know, it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know how I thought I was going to be at a meeting and do all this other work at the same time. It doesn't make sense. And so, you know, being really thoughtful and, and, and accepting of like your limitations, right? I think that it's very mm-hmm. much in, 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 you know, intertwined with that idea, which is that we want to believe, or at least I'll say, I want to believe that I can do it all. Like, I want to believe that like, yeah, somehow I'm going to do all these tasks and I'm going to meet with all these people (laughs) and, you know, like I'm going to do long-term, short-term and, you know, immediate planning all at the same time. Like, and I'm going to do all of this in, I mean, I literally sometimes double, triple book myself. I'm not, not joking. Like, and it's so wrong that I've realized like, unless I can, you know, block things off my calendar to just have like deep thought about things mm-hmm. then I'm always just kind of spinning my wheels you know like unless I can set like have time to set direction to think long term to get into a whole other mindset and I'm not saying I'm good at it I'm not I'm not being smug about it because I'm not there <laughs> I'm saying these are my goals. Like, these are the things that I've realized are, you know, it's harmful for me not to plan in these ways and not to protect my precious time in these ways. And if anyone has ideas on how I can do better at that, please, please comment and let us know. (laughs) Because I'm still working on it. (laughs) I know it took me a long time being a person who works for themselves it took me a long time to realize I need to put time on my calendar mm-hmm. for attention to my business. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. 
and I had to protect it. Like I couldn't for a long time. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe oh, I'm biased. I'll, I'll do it. administrative yeah. stuff, and right. I'll just move it. And things came yep. up, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. I owe it to myself. That part is the hard part. It's exactly what Mm -hmm. I was talking about with boundaries where you're like, I'm going to do it. And then you're like, no, it's hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How did you get get past that pump? How did it work for you? I just got so overwhelmed one day that I realized Mm. I had to. Mm. And and it shouldn't get to that point, right? It shouldn't get to almost like breakdown before it gets fixed. Right. It's so hard to tell people no. I mean, I just want to recognize it that, that it, it's really hard. And especially when, you know, you're including excited yourself. to work with them, including yourself. It's just really mm-hmm. hard to be like, no, I cannot do that. Um, it, when you feel like you actually could, but no, you have to just tell yourself that this is off limits somehow. And um, I'm talking to myself. I'm trying to coach myself through it right now. Like <laughs> you have to do this. It's not an option. Right. Um, but I, you know, another part that helps I think is, is, is for me in all things, like visualizing something, like understanding it, mentally acknowledging it, all of that is like step one for me. And then step two is usually like, start speaking it into reality and not like in a woo-woo kind of way but like literally in a psychology kind of way of of if I tell Mm -hmm. you that Tessa um you know I I love you and I want to work on this podcast every day but I can't I can't I can't even think about it on Mondays and Tuesdays like (laughs) saying that in real life helps cement it for me and for you so we're setting expectations and we're setting boundaries right and then and then if it comes up I mean, you can literally hark back to that and say, no, remember, I, I was telling you before, like Mondays and Tuesdays are the worst. And it's just not, yep. it's not possible. Then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, let's, let's reset that boundary. Right. Like, and it just becomes more real if you start talking about it. So now I know, like, I have some employees who know, like, no, I know you don't want to meet on Friday. And I'm like, correct. <laughs> but but maybe so I need important. to tell a lot of people, you know, exactly. Yeah. If you, like people start checking, like, then they don't even ask you. It comes to the point where yeah. it's like, if you keep reinforcing it and you don't have to do it that many times, really. No, it's and just like two times it. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like you can be really kind about it and just literally remind people be kind and remind, right? Like just let them know <laughs> again. That. Okay. Remember we talked about that? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So let's find another day. Right. And so that's it. And then at the end of the day, or at eventually I should say, um, it might take different amount of times for different people, but they'll, they'll get it. And then they won't even ask next time. They'll just say, Oh, what about Wednesday? You know, like <laughs> that's just how it will go. So we have to just stay consistent. That is, that is the key. And I think what we realize in that is that we're staying consistent in protecting ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like I had an experience this week and it was completely innocent and there was no malintent about it. But as a child free person, I get often asked two things. Mm-hmm. Will you or won't you ever have children? And two, <laughs> you have the best advice you are the type of person who should be. And I'm like, "Mm, should I know? Because I'm pretty sure I know me better than you know me. (laughs) They're like, I've come to a conclusion knowing you in these last several minutes. (laughs) Or years. That's the other thing. Nobody knows you as well as you know yourself. Like that's another thing that we just don't give ourselves credit for. We just assume that everyone else has the answer. Why do we do that? 
And I, you know, I think it goes back to the societal expectation, right? Like, mm. especially on the child-free situation, right? Like, right. And I'm just like, mm, who made up that rule? You know, my mm-hmm. usual go-to question. Who mm-hmm. made up that rule? Oh, yeah. Somebody who wasn't me. So, no. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> I love it. And I don't understand how people... I mean, it's just, it's just so fascinating. We've talked about socialization and how it works, but I mean, this is really a product of like, you know, a true like kind of mob mentality is what they sometimes call it, or like just groupthink, you know, of yeah. like everybody has somehow come to the same conclusion that this is what's supposed to happen. And, um, and, and, and it applies across the board, which, which is just so interesting to me because I know that every single person has something in their lives. I don't care what it is but there's something in everybody's life where this was not the societal expectation, you know, like oh, there, yeah. there's something, 100%. it might, it might be your religion. It might be your, you know, child status. It might be whatever status. I mean, it, it could be anything, but, yeah. but everybody has something. And if that's the case, then you would think they'd be able to relate to that, you know? And, and, and maybe that's the thing is like, maybe we point out how silly all of these societal norms are when, they never apply to everyone all the time. Yeah. That's that's just over, like I mean, we almost like it just accept that it's real when it's not. Like we're giving it power when it's not real. It really isn't real. It is just what people have been programmed to socialize each other with. That's it. And I I will step into the role of tan, which are amazingly large <laughs> shoes to fill, so I'm not <laughs> gonna do this justice. However, but let's also face it these are American ideas. Right, right. Absolutely. They are. And we know where they end on. I mean, frankly, like, (laughs) yeah, the other thing is like, why are we all socializing each other to be miserable? That's actually like, insane. That is not, it's not okay. It doesn't make any sense. And, And the thing that kills me too, is that, you know, the way that in this country, we, we are so proud of, of the ideals you know, that we think that we like, you know, created, which we know we didn't, but you know, like (laughs) (laughs) these Mm -hmm. ideals of freedom and, you know, um, individualism. I mean, these are, these are our big values, right? So what the fuck, what is happening? Why are we, (laughs) why are we trying to push everyone into the little box? It doesn't make any sense, does it? No, because it is a country that I said immigrated from a very strong cultural identity. I will say that there is a strong push towards assimilation, mm-hmm. a huge push towards assimilation. Right. And oh yeah, I was not into it as a kid. I'm still mm-hmm. not into it. Not but... still not into it. <laughs> no, it is just like, why are you taking away people's identities? Like that, I mean, <laughs> which is so like, that we're supposed to love. In, in my head, there's so many times where I'm like. I don't understand how that view of America fits in with America, right? Like the individualism, but we want to assimilate the freedom of religion, but it's only one religion. I don't understand any of this, Right. that women can achieve anything, but we really want you just to be at home having babies. Like what is happening? It doesn't make any sense in my mind. And my knowledge of American history. And I will not try to overcompensate. (laughs) I know. I've, I've, yeah, I've been obsessed with our history too. Like, how did we get here? Like, it's a very interesting place to be. Um, 
why does it remind me of narcissism though like narcissists <gasps> are like really really like known for presenting all the good things right so like it's giving narcissists mm-hmm. to me because it's like oh we want to we want you to think that we are like the freest place on earth everybody has you know the opportunity for the american dream every you know all of those things and at mm-hmm. the same time we want to control your body control your identity control like your religion like i mean literally yeah. it's like all the control mm-hmm. on the other side so yeah it's giving me that and um i don't like that <laughs> and i think that's why <laughs> i'm in this year of like actual liberation like individual liberation I love is it. what we're seeking because if we don't have that then what do we have? I mean, I think that like the values that I was, you know, taught of freedom have like taken too much of a hold where I believe like, yeah, we should have that. (laughs) We should actually have that. (laughs) Not in like, not in, um, you know, not in appearances, but we should actually really have that. And um, that's the, I think that's the issue is, is when you try to start, you know, having integrity and values and acts, um, you know, those who would, would try to control us and, and have us be otherwise, I, they don't like that. <laughs> they do not. They very much, like at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. round peg, hole. And if you're yeah, anything different than the round thing. peg, round hole, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a whole other, like, version of rejection that I think we haven't really mm-hmm. said out loud. And I... And I, I always go here, actually. Um, people will sometimes, you know, tell you whatever, whatever they have to tell you to get you to do what they want you to do. It's called manipulation, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes, it is. And... <laughs> it is alive and well in America. Yes, and, and, and everyone probably, unfortunately. But, um, but one of the things that it made me think of in this conversation is we think sometimes rejection is, you know, something to internalize and make us, we should feel bad about ourselves. We should maybe change ourselves, right? But have you ever thought that not only is this just not the right fit, like we talked about earlier, or maybe this person's not ready for you or doesn't know how to grow your potential and help you achieve your greatness because that's somewhere else. Maybe it's not just that, but maybe it's literally this person or this, these people or this, you know, institution is actually actively trying to manipulate you against your own interests. <gasps> well that just took my breath away and it's a little frightening but it could very well be right like I mean oh, I think eternal optimists you know one of our things that we always have to check is are we giving people too much of a benefit of a doubt and 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 I mean this is why my education in intimate partner violence I value so highly because I had didn't have the language before of understanding that some people are malicious some people are trying to actively harm you for their own benefit. And I didn't want to believe that. I still don't want to. But unfortunately, it's, it is a reality. I've seen too much of it to know <laughs> or to try to pretend that it's not, right? So mm-hmm. that could very well be. And I've seen this too. I've seen it where people realize like, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're too much to handle. You know, like you're too... I mean, it becomes like you're a threat, right? Like you're too brilliant or you're too, you know, you have too much potential and we want to make you small. 
because if we don't make you small, then you might grow right out of us. Yeah. And then we're not good enough for you. And it comes from that place of insecurity and fear. Absolutely. But the way that it appears to you is this person told me, no, I can't do it. I'm not capable. I'm not ready. How many times have we heard that? You know, like, Oh yeah. You're not ready for that. Or you need to do this and that before you do this, or you don't have the right degree. That one kills me because first of all it's such an elitist thing to say (laughs) absolutely it is but people use it all the time they and I mean it makes me sad that but I mean especially um especially women women of color people who are other than Mm -hmm. general like I've seen it over and over again where they're Mm -hmm. like I already know how to do this I already know that I can do it for my community which is my entire goal but I'm going to go get this certification and pay thousands of dollars just so I can show people that I'm worthy basically and I'm just like ouch you know like how much time are we wasting on this <laughs> you proving Too to people before much. you do you know it, it's just it just drives me wild um and so we have to keep that in mind too that it, it might just be that this person is um not able to see uh you know the value that you bring it might be that they literally are not the right place for you to grow into your greatness And it might be that, you know, they're trying to keep you small. And that one's a lot more nuanced. Um, But I really challenge people to, you know, start at least checking for that. Just make sure that that's not what's going on. Because if you're feeling small and you're feeling degraded and you're feeling bad about yourself, first of all, you know, check the people around you. (laughs) <laughs> and make sure it's not them because those people can be replaced <laughs> yeah. um and then and then think about if it is them why would they do that to you why would they want you to feel that way why would they want you to be weak and 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 just you know just check 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 just check just make sure that it's not because they are trying to control you and you know i, I sensing in my head most of this is going to come back around to narcissism mm. yep. right like mm-hmm. i feel like that's where it's headed at least in my world it's probably because i work in politics and it might have a <laughs> disproportionate number but no doubt yeah. <laughs> no yeah. doubt no and, doubt. And and it gets accepted too, right? Like that's oh the other God. thing where like not only narcissism and, and rewarded and rewarded, yes. right? And so it's and it's not just like narcissism in the sense of like you have to have this like this is your whole identity and diagnosis. The way that I think about it is that there are now these like I've always thought about like the difference between healthy relationship habits and unhealthy relationship habits just generally. But like the narcissism that's prevailing in our society in the sense of not individual diagnoses, but the sense of that these unhealthy relationship habits and styles and tools that people are modeling for the entire society are being picked up even by people who maybe they're not narcissistic or maybe they have some tendencies, but they were never acting on them with such efficiency and with such productivity (laughs) as they are now that they've tooled up, frankly, because if you, if you really look at, you know, abusers, for example, they use the same tools every time they really do. It's so amazing to me actually, because I'm like, these fools don't even know each other, but somehow. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're doing the crazy. same thing. <laughs> they're they're in the same playbook, right? And I'm like, is there like an abuser handbook that I don't know about? Like, they literally know how to do it. And I and I actually think the handbook comes from, you know, I mean, they they've seen it somewhere. And what really frightens me, truthfully, is I used to think like, oh well, this is contained to people who have had you know really bad role models and I mean and I'm not even blaming them it's just like literally these these bad habits and 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 tools have been passed down from generation to generation and we have to stop it somehow but you know and maybe I'm giving too much credit but I I really feel like part of the issue is that we've had these tools kind of propagated on us from on high um and now we're seeing you know it's just, it's just, it's, it's just becoming normal to use these really, really unhealthy relationship tools and these habits and, uh, and, and mechanisms by which to control other people. And, and that, that really makes me sick because it, it, we're going in the wrong direction and it's going to be so much harder to undo that as a society now versus even when it was just individualized and personal relationships. Now I feel like it's, it's entered into like this, this larger public arena. I have the phrase hurt people, hurt people, unrepaid in my head mm. while you were talking. Yeah. And I had to explain that to my mom this week, who is, you know, not, has not been exposed to a lot of like, we'll call it mental health training, right? Like mm-hmm. equipping yourself to deal with these people. Mm. She's very optimistic and very strong. and But when overbearing narcissistic people enter her world, it's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't compute, right? Like she is the classic mm-hmm. Swedish brain. Like, nope, this does not compute. This yeah. is not how Swedes are. Nope, this is not working. <laughs> not how Swedes are. Rejected. Yes. I'm like, well, we're not in Sweden anymore. One. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, not only do we need to remember to protect ourselves and protect our boundaries, but we need to remember that when people do and say horrible things or manipulate us, it is about them and a mm. reminder that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. But it and doesn't really, excuse their behavior. Absolutely not, because we are all perfectly capable as adults mm-hmm. of understanding what is correct behavior and how you should yeah. treat people. And it's not your job to fix them. That's another no. trap. <laughs> so true. So There's true. so many traps around narcissists. It's, it's terrifying, right? Like they play on all of our emotional buttons, all of them. They play on everything. They play on people who want to, you know, save other people, the helpers, the empaths, mm-hmm. you know, they play on the people who, um, I mean, their, their tools are wildly effective. Like, I mean, there's love bombings for the people that need affection and that's their yeah. love language, right? There's also the tools of uh, people who like chaos theory. Like there's a whole other thing of just like, sh- I guess, shock doctrine kind of thing where it's like, they just keep hitting you with more and more terrible things. So that way, like, you're kind of stunned and you don't even know where to go or where to start. There's so many tools and they're so effective. It, it's, it's, it's very terrifying. Um, I feel like we need to do a whole thing on just, like, identifying these issues. <laughs> I do, too. Because now I'm, like, picturing this, like, I think it's because we started with your 
let mm-hmm. talk about state fair or you know <laughs> fair and kids now i have this image of those little gays where like the gopher pops up you're supposed to hit it with this boat mallet mm. to mock it down and that seems like narcissists right like they pop yes. up with different techniques because yes. they're so good at manipulating you to get what you what they want yes absolutely and then, to then your they detriment. don't care yeah they don't care if they hurt you no. that's that's the whole thing <laughs> that's the yeah and so I mean so we need to be on the lookout too for that so like when we're feeling rejected when we're feeling like a no is cutting like a knife we need to know that you know this is not the right thing for us this is not the mm-hmm. right person for us opportunity for us and um and if we're feeling it over and over again we need to check to make sure this person's not intentionally hurting us and 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 we have to really you know take ownership about who we allow in our lives and how much impact we allow them to have on us every time you know I'm talking to someone who says like oh this person is doing this to me this person is doing that to me yes that can be very true when you're in a situation that it's difficult to change but when it's somebody like they're texting you and they're driving you nuts I'm like you have all the power in the world baby (laughs) (laughs) you got the world in your hand I'm like you literally can silence that I'm like you know there are times when you actually do have power and you can use it and you can be unapologetic about using it because (laughs) instead of letting somebody ruin your dinner Mm -hmm. you can choose not to let them ruin your dinner sometimes it can be that simple sometimes it's not (laughs) but when it is you need to blast that's all I'm saying (laughs) yes and you know this is why that when I have family at over for dinner, I do not allow bones at the table. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I say this, and my, you know, 75-year-old father has thrown his phone in anchor. But he's not allowed his phone to And I'm like, all right, toddlers, cool. This is cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. 70-year-old toddlers, that could be a show. That sounds like a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i'm thinking that there might be a lot of them it could be oh, seasons yeah. and seasons and seasons of it well i'm not saying anything about your dad but i mean i think a lot of that again oh it's okay you to... should saying <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that comes back to like the bad relationship styles the unhealthy relationship yep. styles the narcissism of like me 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 and I should have what I want and I mean that's that's a toddler's mentality in a lot of times I mean yeah. I'm, frankly I don't you know I, frankly I don't I think that's offensive to toddlers because <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see your point here with that yes it is toddler. I really do think it's offensive to toddlers because you know I've experienced some wonderful toddlers in my time <laughs> that were very sharing and giving and loving and all about you know really like more about the collective than any adult human being that I know yeah. like so I'm I'm like I don't even know why we're talking about the, but I mean yes the behavior can get like that with tantrums sometimes and all of that so I know where you're coming from but I mean mm-hmm. as I go along I'm like this doesn't even track like this is more narcissism <laughs> <laughs> than toddler behavior in my mind but Oh my god! Now, now I'm just realizing as we come full circle, like thinking about all the like no's I've heard over a lifetime. Mm. I bet a mm. lot of it was from now a lot of narcissists who only saw things one way and yes. <laughs> were incapable of anything else, and we're trying to manipulate the system into yes. their ideal. Yeah, and they think it's a reflection on them too. Don't forget, yeah. like that's, that's oh, yeah. very, it's always about how they look, right? Yeah. I mean, think about how Trump was literally like 
I want people on my cabinet for the United States of America who look like they're coming from a casting call or whatever. Like, I'm just like, my mind is blown. My mind is blown. Like, you literally want, like, literally appearances. Like, not even, like, this is not a metaphor, people. This is, (laughs) you literally want people who look attractive instead of people who can do some of the most important work in our country. Like, that's the kind of thing where you have no idea what's going on in people's heads. You have no idea who they are, what they're thinking, why they're thinking that, if they're coming from a good place or an ugly place. Like, you just do not know. And, um, and yeah, I, 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 you know, the other thing, just as a practical thing, is I've, I've really said, you really don't even know a place. It's just like a relationship unless until you've been there for a while, right? So it's oh, like yeah. all of this interview talk and resume, you know, building and resume review and all of that doesn't mean anything to either side, honestly. I mean, not not anything, you know, obviously it's a good process in, in a lot of ways, but uh, you don't truly know. You don't truly know whether it's a good fit for the employer or the employee, in my mind anyways, and in my experience until you've seen them, you know, in that space doing the work and, you know, like you get to see what it's like to work for, for this agency and they get to see what it's like having you work there with them. So I, I mean, that's just another thing to, to understand that rejection at that point in time is not really a full rejection because there's no way they could know you. There's no way they're going to know you from a short conversation and a piece of paper. And from the hiring side, we have all seen that there are a lot of people who might, you know, flip the script and might be the narcissist on that side who give a really great interview. Oh, yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. As an employer, you can't, you don't know from an interview. You really don't. You don't know these people until they're in there. And, And I mean, for a while, because the other thing, like I always say in personal relationships that I just, I don't know why this is my rule, but from, from my young experience, anyways, I was like, you don't really know someone unless you live with them for at least two years. Like, that's just my, <laughs> that's just, because I'm like, I think that's fair. Can, yeah. I'm like, people can pretend for a while, y'all. Like, they oh, can yeah. really, like, they can show you the pretty face for a good while. And you really don't know, you know, who someone is until, until they show you. And then you're like, oh, you know, anyone can tell you anything, but when you see it yourself, oh okay you know now you know and it's the same thing with employees it's like you literally don't know until you see it yourself you just won't know because they'll tell you whatever you want to hear frankly and you know Mm -hmm. what employers do the same thing oh yeah oh we have the best benefits oh we have the best team we have you know what I mean they'll go on and on oh don't worry about vacation days oh yeah we are so encouraged yeah I mean I've seen people gaslight in that situation too like oh we encourage our employees to do but no you don't no. I don't. <laughs> no, no. You don't. No. You know, they just, uh, I mean, everyone knows how to spin, you know, to present their best selves. And that's not the, another thing we didn't even touch on, but I mean, honesty in the process uh, is a healthy relationship style that we should all adopt on both sides. We really should, because at the end of the day, you're actually trying to find the best fit. You're not trying to impress somebody. When you try to impress somebody with, you know, frankly, lies what are you going to get? You're going to get a dishonest relationship. That's not going to end well. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. So you're just wasting everybody's time. So <laughs> and for somebody, for people out there who might be like me, who are very like, my walls are very high. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes honesty is just being more vulnerable and telling mm. what you appreciate about somebody. Like mm-hmm. I might withhold appreciation, or at least a younger version of me withhold appreciation. And now I think I'm doing a much better job about mm-hmm. appreciating and sharing how much I value and appreciate other people. Because that's part of it too, right? Like you can't yeah. reject people by not telling how, them how great they are. Yes, exactly. And sometimes employers withhold praise because, you know, they don't want to give like a raise. They don't want to give a promotion. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a whole game. It's a whole game. And I don't like it. Um. <laughs> I totally agree. And you are absolutely right that it requires more honesty. And I, I just don't want people to interpret honesty as like that um, of 10 years ago where it was brutal honesty and people oh, were just right. thought they had yeah. permission to say whatever crap entered their minds. I like the no. way you put it about being more vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's it. Because even as an employer, I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell you this thing or what I think you should be doing or, you know, where I think you should be going in the in the in the company, even if I don't have a path for you to get there right now. You Mm -hmm. know, that's hard to tell somebody because now you've set different expectations, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, as thinking from an employee mindset, you would want to hear that your employer was thinking about you in that way. Right. Even if it couldn't be actualized at that moment. Yeah. I I just, I always just put it all out there because I've been in every situation. Like (laughs) I've literally been in all of the shoes, you know? So I tell people, I'll be like, look, I'm going to tell you what I really see for you. I want to know if that's what you see for yourself. Like if this is the track you're thinking uh, in this moment and I'll say, but I'm also going to be very clear that like, I don't have an answer for you. I don't have a path for you. I don't know if we're going to get there, how long we're going to take to get there. I'm like, I want you to understand that because I've been um, strung along in the past and that was really harmful to me, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm going to get this promotion next year. or I'm going to get this promotion after I do X, Y, and Z. And then it didn't come. And I was like, so I don't, you know, I just, I just tell people exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I, I don't know that's if amazing. that's good yet, but that's what I do. I, I could see more benefits and harm in that situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to also like have the mentality that you respect the people you're talking to you know I think there's this <gasps> other thing you should respect people <laughs> I know it's a revelation really I know, totally <laughs> especially with employer employer employee relationships because I mean there's been such a I mean I can't even find a, a, a adjective that's good enough but just like you know a dreadful history of employer employee <laughs> relationship in this country where I mean we've literally you know I mean, we've dehumanized workers to the point where we think that they are childlike. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, even worse than that. Um, And so, you know, I think that's where it starts is like understanding that this is an adult who you respect as a colleague. That's what I, that's how I talk about, you know, the folks at work as much as I can. I just, I just like, if I'm introducing them, I'm like, this is my colleague, you know, not like this is my low level staff member or, oh <laughs> or you know, our hand or workers. Like, I mean, it's just it was strange, you know, the way that people think about each other. Um, and for me, it's like, we're all professional adults, like doing this thing together. We're a team. Um, this is my colleague. Like they're, they're not different than me. They're just, we're just doing different jobs. You know, they're not better or worse than me. I'm not better or worse than them. Like, we just have different skill sets and we're applying them in different spaces in this work that we're doing together. And so, 
you know, what's interesting to me actually is that the way that people speak to one another and the way that they treat each other, the way that they choose to be vulnerable or not with each other, it's actually a lot to do with their mentality and how they, I mean, how they really see you. So, so I think just calling that out and understanding that like we should be thoughtful about that and not fall into basically these really weird stereotypical roles. Where <laughs> I've been thinking about like, where does that come from? And I honestly feel like, I don't know, it comes from lived experience for sure. But I, I'm just curious of like how much of this plays in from like, I don't know, like TV, media, movies, like mm-hmm. the evil kind of like <laughs> roles that we see bosses play. I'm like, are we just like doing a little cosplay right now? And like, <laughs> just trying to mimic what we see on TV because some of the stuff I'm like, that's not how it works. Like you're not even going to get productivity out of people. Like, what are you yeah. doing? That's actually harmful, you know? But it's like, where did you learn this, you know? And it and and I mean maybe you learned it from your boss, sure. But I also think like especially for like new time new um first time like, you know, managers, supervisors, bosses, whatever. Um, they gotta pull from somewhere. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they in my experience they pull from their experiences but those experiences I'm guessing 95% of the time don't include an element of vulnerability or empathy or community or basic respect for other humans no and it could actively work against it like I mean even out loud where they're like you know I mean I think about things that I've heard people say like you can't be easy on people or like you know whatever like oh my god yes you can't let them have that or they'll take you know give them an inch and they'll take a foot or whatever the thing is you know like people say all kinds of things that are interesting um and and probably again come from a place of like maybe trauma maybe like hurt maybe bad experiences in the past or whatever but again their stuff is not your stuff and so I think the other thing is like being brave enough to just like do what you actually think is correct like from your intuition from like your Mm -hmm. inner space instead of like letting it be colored by all of these other influences on the outside and and being afraid that if you don't you'll do it wrong because what I've seen is like the more and more and more I lean into my intuition the better things get actually like the I mean for me I've at least this is my experience of like if I really trust myself you know and I just I just do the things that I really think I should do um without letting everyone else you know kind of creep into my head first of all even if it doesn't turn out the best at least you were true to yourself (laughs) so now (laughs) you can know what that feels like right um but but usually I mean it, it I can just tell you that in my experience, it's worked a lot better than me just, you know, trying to take the lead of other people. I think this goes back to something that I say maybe every episode. (laughs) But there is no one right way to do things or how it's always been done isn't how it necessarily should be done. Yeah. So trust your intuition and know that you are smart and you are capable and you can do this because you have the potential to do this and don't listen to those outside forces that are saying no or telling you how to do it. Trust yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening in. 
we hope that this was uplifting for you. We hope that you're staying well and taking care of yourself, reflecting and trusting yourself. Stay uplifted and we'll see you next time. Bye, Tessa. We'll see you next time. Bye.